0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the second uh, the second session of our live Ask Me Anything. Um, I don't know what are we calling these uh, a session series of helpful conversations. Uh, the, the whole idea behind this was that you know we've we have a whole bunch of experience on our team uh, in uh, cybersecurity and risk management, and we wanted to be able to take the things that we've experienced in the past and the things that we continue to learn from our customers and partners and bring that information forward so that we can be helpful. Um, so we've, uh, this is the second one. And, um, we start out each one with a blog post on a topic. Uh, if you go to securitygate.io blog, uh, you can see the blog post there and, and read over the content that, that we'll be covering. Uh, the topic today is the top three mistakes that we see uh, being made in business impact analysis and uh, how to avoid those mistakes. Um, the idea behind these sessions is that we want them to be quick. We don't want you to have to carve out lots of time on your calendar. So, uh, 20 minutes is what we're aiming for. Uh, we're going to take the blog post and we'll kind of follow through that. And then, with whatever time we have remaining, we'll uh, we'll jump to our audience and uh, take some questions. So first off, uh, let's let's do some introductions for just a moment. My name is Matt Wilbanks. Uh, I'm a uh, Chief Marketing Officer here at SecurityGate, uh, but the two people that you really wanna hear from are Brent and Mick. Uh, Brent, you want to uh, introduce yourselves?
1: Uh, yeah, um, my name's Brent, I work for SecurityGate, uh, Cybersecurity Engineer, SME. Um, and with the company about running on three years now, work awesome. closely with uh, my compatriot here, Mick.
2: Going, my um, Mick Vaughn. Um, I work with uh, Security Gate. I just celebrated a one-year anniversary, so I was excited. Things are still new, um, but uh, we've had experience. Uh, Brent and I, and one of the co-founders. Uh, in a previous cybersecurity uh, incarnation, if you will, uh, worked together and uh, got to experience uh, cybersecurity awareness on a global scale. So, yeah, we have seen a lot of a lot of interesting things.
0: Awesome, guys! Well, happy to be doing this again with you. Uh, the the first one of these that we did was pretty fun. Um, looking forward to going through uh, through this one and getting to the next ones. Um. So why don't we just go ahead and jump in? So the topic that we're covering, uh, as I mentioned before, is the top three mistakes uh, that, that we see people making uh, when they're going through a business impact analysis. So let's start at the very top, at the high level, and just define business impact analysis. What What is that?
1: Yeah, Brent, you want to? Yeah, sure, I'll take this one. Wanna- <laughs> yeah, uh this in back now. It's basically, so the idea you want to do is take anything that could happen to your company and how much it will affect your company if it happens. So you look at two things there. You look at the likelihood of the occurrence and you look at the severity of the occurrence. And those together let you calculate where it lies on your, your risk matrix, which is uh, that utilize, you utilize a threat risk matrix for these. Basically, the, the best idea the way to do it is to start brainstorming. Get people from all the different departments that would be affected. Have them say what their issues could be. Write it all down, and then go through and associate a likelihood to each event and a severity to it. Chart that on on a graph, and then you'll get your your level your level of risk for different occurrences, the different impacts to your business. So, if if a company
0: is thinking about going through this type of an exercise, um, what 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 should they What what should a goal be for this exercise? Why why would they go through the exercise? What are they trying to get out of it?
2: So what they're trying to figure out is what do we need to proceed in the event uh, of a a disaster? Uh, This also folds into disaster recovery as well. So you're asking questions about preparedness. What types of things do we need to do? What protocols need to be in place? Who needs to hold a set of backup keys? Just practical things. Uh, so you document these things um, and you prioritize them as as Brent uh, indicated. Uh, you figure out what, what happens next. This is how do we open the doors if some catastrophe befalls us. That's really what you're trying to get at.
0: So a pretty important process to go through when you're determining cybersecurity strategy. How, how do you handle all these different types of risks?
2: Absolutely.
0: So one of the things that um, we discussed and when we were putting together the blog post on the topic um, was the the top three mistakes that we see being made. And the, the one that jumped out from you guys immediately, really without hesitation, was about honesty in the session. And we explain in, in the blog post that we're, we're not talking about somebody trying to deceive somebody else you know they're, they're not lying about something to try to cause harm this is more about they're just not telling the complete truth when they're talking about something that needs to be done Can you talk about wants, that a little bit they want to represent themselves in the best way. and you find that
2: happens a lot when you're doing assessments someone says hey do we have uh this in place for you? response the knee-jerk reaction. yeah we we do this and we do it really really well when you start to actually look at the process and you find not really as as good as we thought and in fact there's some things that are broken well people do tend to represent the assessment in the best light and that will hurt you faster than anything because if you don't have you know, present knowledge of where you are, situ- situational awareness of where you are and where you're headed, um, it, it can present a problem. It's it's going to flash up blind
1: spots, basically, in your organization. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a problem in the assessment level, too. But, uh, you, but this is the idea, like, people are sitting in there. You've got all the upper management in there. Someone asks you about your department. The temptation is going to be to downplay the risk to you. So you don't worry about me. Don't worry about us. I got it. And that's that's where it really creeps in most in the BIA.
0: How, how do you how do you avoid this? How how do you how do you start one of these processes with everyone feeling like they can be fully transparent and honest?
1: You say how, how, does, do, you, how do you do that as often as possible? Um, and even then, it's not always going to take. And just fully expect it. It's going to take a while even if it does end up working everybody's completely honest it's it's not going to start at the beginning of the meeting uh you'll start you'll get more interesting stuff in the last five minutes than you got in the first 15 for sure
0: so almost a process of kind of warming up before you get to the real truth of here's what things look like yeah there's a lot of that
2: so the collaboration is important and one of the things that we found out that you really have to move to to communicate and to collaborate. You have to make that known, you have to reiterate it. And one of the things that we came up with uh, that we noticed uh, going from rig to rig is the campfire stories. Um, when you start the campfire stories in, in the mess hall or wherever um, and you start to collaborate and you show interest in what they're doing and uh, you realize really quickly that people tend to to loosen up and to be more free and to actually bring problems to the forefront. They'll say, well, here's a suggestion. What do you think of this? And one of the big things with us was the the USB um, ports. They wanted to tell us every campfire story ever imagined about those USB ports. And when you share that type thing, you find out that collaboration is really what will loosen people up and probably, you know, you'll get more true statements after that process.
0: So campfire stories, you you mean having more frequent informal conversations about this rather than everybody's in a boardroom, you know, document exactly what you see, your name is tied to it. Absolutely.
2: Lunch and learns work. Um, it, it just, it, I don't know. Setting people at ease, making them comfortable, feel comfortable. They open up, and you get better. You know, better information, better data.
0: Makes sense. So I, along those lines of discovering information, um, the, one of the one of the other mistakes that uh, that that we called out was about not documenting goals. You know, so going through and having all of these conversations, but um, and you may have a conversation about what the goal for this business impact analysis is, but if that goal isn't documented, that can ultimately cause problems later on. Yes. What? Why? Why is that? Why? Why if we don't document those
1: goals, what? Why does that cause a problem later? Well, you don't know what you're evaluating against. So at a certain point, once you've got all this, once you've got your threat risk matrix done and you've got all these different these different impacts to your business measured, then you have to decide your risk tolerance. And one of the tools that you need to do that is what are your ultimate goals? I mean, what do you need to achieve? How do you need to achieve it? Things like that. That, that helps you decide where you're going to set that level. There's going to be a certain level of risk you just don't deal with, at like the lower end of the tier. And where you set that, that's one of the factors that goes into it, is your goals.
0: Seems like such a simple thing that at the beginning of one of these processes to write down, these are the goals. This is what we're looking to get out of it. But that's it's something that we see skipped often. Um,
2: they don't write down the goals. They don't communicate the goals. That's the other key. Everything The communication in these risk programs, because everybody needs to let you know where they are as far as their gut check. For risk tolerance and without documenting and without communicating you're not going to know so it, it's it's really really important uh, the communication collaboration
0: and you know we, we could see where this um, not not documenting the goals so that you have something to follow up and measure against later not communicating goals you know it's, it's easy to understand how in a big company with lots of people that that could cause lots of problems down the road. But is it only a big company thing? If if you're a one or two or three person risk management team, can you get by just having the conversation? Is it still important to to document this stuff?
2: You still have to document it. I mean, otherwise you don't really have, uh, if, if you don't have any documentation and you know where your goals are and, and metrics to get there, how will you know if you're making any movement towards progress
0: for sure a little would, bit of a softball question there but
1: you wouldn't need it for that pointing out the obvious fact you'd want it later to measure. your yes. say that again brent i'm sorry i missed that you actually wouldn't need it for that particular ba but you will need it later to measure it, Yes. yeah it can't be done without it it's just it's not good to do it because when you do another one later you need to see how your goals have changed so I oftentimes in, in these types of,
0: um, uh, sessions, processes, um, a goal coming out of this is going to be where, where do we focus our efforts? You know, we, we've come up with a list of, these are the things that we need to work on now. How do we side how to prioritize that? Where do we focus? Um, and in understanding where to focus, you've, of need to understand the risk tolerance of your company, of the leadership. Um, you know, they like Brent mentioned before. There, there are going to be things that come out of the process. A long list of things, maybe, that come out of the process. You may not have the budget to touch all, but you know, two of them. Um, you may not. Some of the things that come up may be important, but they may not be a priority at the time because of whatever goals. So. You know, if, if we're that one of the mistakes that we said around this was that the teams don't have a conversation often enough about discussing risk tolerance so that you can prioritize off of it. What What is that discussion like? How, how do you how do you determine what the risk tolerance for the organization should
1: be? Well, I mean, it's like you said, there's a bunch of different factors that go into it. You've got obviously budgetary constraints are a huge one. Your goals. uh uh, the goals that you have for the company, those, those are a big factor in too. uh, it, it's ultimately, it's going to be, it's not, it's not really objective. It's not. Somebody at the top is going to have to make a subjective decision based on all the factors of where you're going to cut off dealing, what level you're going to cut off dealing with the Um, uh, you factor as much information as you can, but I mean, ultimately that's why, you know, why CEOs of very large companies paid so much. That's really what they're the best at is that aspect right there. And they're the ones that ultimately make that decision. You want to take get as much input from as many sectors as you can, factor in as much stuff as you can, but ultimately, yeah, somebody's just going to have to make a decision on it.
0: So it's it's really a kind of a series of conversations of, you know, right now at the top of the company, here are the top goals, and, and those then work down into priorities in the different departments, and understanding with those different uh, leaders or segment groups. Um, there is a there is a risk or a list of risks that are under your purview, but this area is the priority, this area is not, so we're going to focus on this area. Having those conversations is how you understand what the risk tolerance level of the company would be. Is that is that a fair statement? That is fair. That is very fair. So you have those conversations, and then you come back to your group that's running the business impact analysis. And and all of you together have the conversation about, um, well, here are the company priorities and here's how um, our priorities then line up against that. And, and now we know that we're gonna focus on these controls and updating these systems um, versus something else. That is kind of that conversation about risk tolerance. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is that there isn't a, um, there's no risk tolerance formula, so to speak. It's not a plug in these four metrics, and the answer is you know, your it, risk tolerance is plus four or whatever.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's a risk tolerance formula. <laughs> there's stuff out there for that, but I, I it's not. It, when it comes down to it, they're just trying to put basic symbols to what's still going to be a subjective judgment.
2: Yeah, because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be based on you know. I mean, think about it. You're, Right, your, your level of risk tolerance is probably different from mine. And I can't really inform that for you by any amount of. Yeah, it's,
1: a, it's a gut, it's a, it's a, it's a heart. I mean, you use the goals and stuff to temper to temper it, but eventually, yeah, you're gonna go with your gut and support it. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons having more experience in the room is better always. That's why you need that boardroom sit down with everybody in there. And the more experience you've got, the better, the more guts you have to hone in on. Right. Awesome guys. Well, we are
0: uh, we are coming up on our twenty minutes here. So, um, thanks for going through that conversation. Um, Want to open it up to anybody that is um, uh, anybody that's watching or uh, here in the uh, this Zoom meeting with us. Uh, if you have questions, now's your chance. Feel free to take yourself off of mute or post the questions in the uh, in the chat. And uh, if we don't get to them here, we'll certainly follow up. Uh, answering them but uh, this time is yours moving from here
3: yeah hi this is Nabil. Um, a quick question um, you talk about obviously honesty goals documentation um, there is an expectation um, that the people who you've entrusted these <sighs> these go oh how do I call this the documentation the processes the risks uh, for each separate uh, business unit or separate division or separate function they would know best obviously they're the specialist and you will obviously collect that information into a master document i found and over a number of years that's actually in a very big assumption they themselves sometimes don't know how do you get around that because the, we've had this problem where oh this division accounting have done this but actually that's not correct have you experienced that and how do you get around that
1: I have not experienced that so much in the BIA aspect. Now, for the risk assessment aspect, when you do actual risk assessments, I have definitely noticed that, and there's really there's it's really hard to get away from doing a site inspection. I mean, it's, at its core, you really need that a lot of the time. I just uh, I I just really haven't run into that that much from the BIA aspect. People pretty much tend to know what the major risk would be. I mean. You're going into this knowing what the risks are probably going to be for those business sectors. Honestly, you're just wanting them to articulate, and there could be some different stuff. But you do a couple of these for different kinds of companies, you kind of know what the risks are going to be for that specific business unit anyway. Especially if you've got any idea of the architecture. I mean, you're going to want to do an assessment. You've already you're, you're already going to have a good idea, but you need the people in there in case there's something you forgot or something you missed. But I mean, often, I mean, I've, I've just, in the BIA, at least, they seem to be on the same page with what the major risk would be. I haven't really run into that. Have you met?
2: I haven't. I, I was kind of searching my mind. I haven't, not in the BIA at all.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think maybe, I mean, I think I, when you drill down, I course sp- BIA is very, very high level. You know, what are the risks, you know, revenue loss, or etc., or we can't work. It's when you drill down, sorry, I should have clarified, when you're drilling down to actually do that, you know, the documentation, the process, the goals, you Know that's where you sometimes manage to say, Yeah, this there's a risk. Um, uh, we're going to lose revenue. Okay, Oh, which systems do we need to bring back up immediately? And when you drill down, sometimes that information doesn't actually feed back what the top level are saying and what is actually happening is completely different.
1: So, like disaster recovery plans, yeah, those are always that's why testing is so critical for those. I mean, yeah, you can set those up and get ultimate, te- I mean, get sworn testimony from everybody. That's exactly how it works, but until you test it. You never know. So it seems to me, too, though, that when you do
2: get down into the weeds of documentation, that's really where, as long as the conversations don't break down and there's still communication, usually you can iron out those difficulties at that point. I mean, yeah. thing has to happen, you know, because you, you just don't reach an impasse and, and then no one goes anywhere. Yeah, things were, the point you really find out the documentation wasn't as good as you might have thought it had been earlier. And so you might go back through another pass. And say, okay, let's fix this. Let's fix this process because it's obviously broken.
0: Uh, it sounds like if if you know if if you are having to trust other people to give their expertise and and give you the answers uh, to different assessment questions, identify what the risks are, and then later on you start realizing that maybe their expertise wasn't as high level as you thought it was, then yeah. um, you know, the only real way to come around with that is is to continue reviewing that information, um, reviewing the assessment and going back and saying, is there a remediation process that's needed using that assessment maybe even to identify when you have a certain level of talent in an area that isn't quite as high level of a talent
1: as you thought.
3: All right. Thank you, guys.
1: Sure thing. And to that end, also, I mean, there's some other stuff too that you, like you said, you're trying what needs to come up, what else needs to come up. Part of that stuff you're going to find assessment, I mean, you need to have your data flows documented. And once you get that stuff, you can kind of spot check against it with that as well. As long as you, you don't have to be there, as long as you get enough artifacts.
0: All right. Well, we'll go ahead and cap it here. We're at uh, 24 minutes past our start. So uh, we want to keep these short um guys thanks for joining us today everyone who's uh who's watching thanks for uh for attending N- Nabil, thank you for the question uh we're looking forward to doing more of these we'll uh we'll stay in contact on the next one and uh until then uh y'all have a great day and uh we'll see you next time thank you very much thank you.